listening to the Retirement Remix Show with financial advisors and hosts Chip Munn, that's me, and John Tate of Signature Wealth Group. Get ready for a bite-sized dose of timely and actionable financial planning and retirement tips alongside remixed retirement stories from real people just like you. Listen in now to be inspired, find direction, and build your own retirement remix. John Tate, what's up, man? Chip Bunn, how are you, sir? I am doing great, man. Doing great. Yeah, we're recording this a little early. Take a little break for the holidays. And we just lived through the haunting holiday. And, And so we're recording this right after Halloween. And we were both talking about our varied experiences. How was Halloween at your house, John? It was spooky, but it was not over the top. I mean, frankly, because Halloween fell on a Sunday evening this year, a lot of people in our neighborhood seemed to choose not to trick-or-treat at all. We had a few neighbors around, but nobody drove in from the surrounding area or surrounding neighborhoods. But I understand it might have been a little bit different for you. Well, we did two Halloweens in my neighborhood. So we did a neighborhood-only Halloween. And I think I was telling you, I saw in our neighborhood Facebook group that in the neighborhood only Halloween, there were about 290. Somebody took a clicker and it kept up with the number of ghouls and goblins that came through the hood. And then last night on the real Halloween, 697 <laughs> were clicked in. So it was scary, pun intended, around here. So it, it was wide open, man. I mean, Halloween is the tip of the iceberg, right? I mean, there's so much underneath the water that you don't see, but you know is there. So we've just crested the tip there, and now we're looking at the rest, which is Thanksgiving and Christmas, straight in the crosshairs, coming directly for us. If there's one thing that signals to you that the holidays are upon us, is there one thing? Is there one thing for you that's like, oh, it's really here? No, I mean, I'd like to give some sort of canned answer about the leaves falling and things like that. That really reminds me more of football season than the holidays per se. But it's interesting. Well, I should ask, how about you, John? Is there one thing that really signals the holidays coming for you? I mean, you know, to walking in the uh, grocery stores, as I do most of the grocery shopping in the household, but walking in the grocery stores and seeing the end cap set up for Thanksgiving feast items like stuffings and sweet potato pie and things like that. I mean, that's a trigger for me that tells me that it's here. And what that means for me usually is that there is a conversation in the future with my wife about putting out Christmas lights in the front yard, which she likes to do the very day after Thanksgiving. And it's like vacuuming. I can vacuum. I know how to do it. I know where the vacuum is. I will even voluntarily go and do it to be a helpful person in the household. However, my vacuuming Ability is not up to snuff with my wife, who believes I am a poor vacuumer. Vacuuming and putting up Christmas lights are pretty much the same thing. I can do it. I will voluntarily do it. I have voluntarily done it, but my wife is not pleased with the outcome or the effort that I put into it, apparently, because it's just one of those things that we end up arguing over. Stretch that out over the bush a little bit further, pull this over here. That's not in the right spot. That's crooked. This is uneven. All of those things. And I'm like, man, it's Christmas lights. We're not building the Eiffel Tower in our front yard or anything like that. But there you go. Well, I like the way you throw in the subtle flex of I do all the grocery shopping at my house. So (laughs) I like the way you work in 
things like that. So, John, next episode will be our episode on love and marriage. We'll save that one for next time. But, you know, it's <laughs> interesting. I, I mentioned to you that I saw the little clicker. The holidays can be stressful, man. In our neighborhood Facebook group, one of the guys that lives down the street from me said that a couple of six- and seven-year-olds came up to him last night and said that his candy sucked. <laughs> and so given that I think you told me there were eight trick-or-treaters next year, I'm going to give him your address and tell them, you know, hey, if you think this candy's bad, go over to John Tate's neighborhood. It may take you two hours to get there. But listen, man, times are hard. It gets stressful around the holidays, whether it's bad candy or just the general pressure of dealing with families and schedules and things like that, or Christmas lights. It's easy to get overwhelmed this time of year. And so that's a big part. And so what we thought we'd do, John, is we'll touch on a few financial things, but really we just wanted to kind of have a conversation about surviving the holidays. Because for most people I know, yeah, it's a time we look forward to, but it's also, it comes with its own unique set of stresses. It does. And a lot of the times there's emotional stress and there's also sometimes financial stress that goes along with it because the holidays are that time of year where we end up spending outside the budget. Now, throughout the year, we've probably told ourselves, hey, I probably need to be putting a little extra away each month because I know I'm going to be spending more either to travel or to spend the night somewhere or to buy more food for a big meal that we're going to have with other people or whatever it is. And whether or not you actually are able to do that can be a set of circumstances, you know, the hardships throughout the year, COVID, whatever it is, maybe you get to the end of the year, you weren't able to save as much as you thought. So that can sometimes cause some financial stress. And as we've said in previous episodes, and you could go back and listen to one of those, like one of the ones we did about the who's the CFO of your relationship. When you are the CFO of the relationship, and you're the one that is tasked with making some of the decisions around the budget, it can also be stressful to you because maybe you're the one that always ends up saying no. You're the bad guy. You're the policeman. Everybody comes to you with budget questions. Is it okay to spend on this or okay to spend on that? And you get to say yes or no, because you know what's in the budget and what's allowed and not allowed, but that can be stressful, right? Yeah, for sure. And the rule at my house, so everybody but me has a birthday on or before August the 9th. So after August the 9th, it's okay, good. That'd be something that you could get for Christmas. So I think I learned that from my parents, but it became, you know, somebody asked me for something the other day and it's like, yeah, I'll put that on your Christmas list. <laughs> not only do you start maybe saving up money, but you also, if you're not careful, you can save up future liabilities. John, was there ever one Christmas gift that you either really wanted or since you've been a dad that has been something super popular for Turner that you've really had a hard time or really wanted to get and couldn't? Wanted to get and couldn't. I mean, you know, growing up, I remember the big thing that I did want that my parents didn't get me was, and I don't remember how old I was, probably like 18 or 19, but I really wanted the Optimus Prime Transformer that turned in from the truck and, you know, into a robot and such when Transformers were popular. And my parents didn't get it. And then we went to my grandparents or Santa didn't bring it. Whatever happened, I didn't get it. I was sad. We went to my grandparents' house and they had gotten it for me. So it was kind of a, I didn't think I was getting it. And then I got it and I was overjoyed and played with it for about two months and I was done with it. 
you know, cause you're a kid, right? I mean, things are, things are like that for Turner. It's a little bit different. I think he's our only child. So we tend to make whatever, if there's something that he really wants, we try to make every possible sacrifice in order to get that for him. So honestly, I don't know that there's anything that he's, I mean, other than like the danger items, like I want a sword or an ax or something like that. We're not going to get that for you but pretty much everything else we've worked and made decisions on so that he can get what he wants and be happy at Christmas. I don't know if that's good or bad. That's probably poor parenting. I don't know who's to say, right? (laughs) I'm certainly not going to judge. And for me, having one kid is one thing. I was on the hook for about seven months this year for PS5s times three. (laughs) Yeah, And I was lucky that Christian, one of ours, didn't want one. Because you know, not only was it impossible and you were having to overpay to get one, I had a friend who's in the army over in Saudi Arabia looking for, I mean, he's in the desert looking for PS5s because he could find stuff like that. And even then it's like, man, I might could get one. It's like, nah, it's three or nothing. And so it took it's three or nothing. It was almost, right. I mean, cause otherwise, how do you pick which kid you're going to give it to? So yeah, it was after the summertime before I was able to get all that ironed out. And and then for me, it was Cabbage Patch. I was of that age where Cabbage Patch was a thing. And I think I've told you before, I didn't get the real Cabbage Patch. I don't know if it was the pumpkin patch. I don't know what it was. But this one was like hand-sewn. It was cool now looking back on it. But it looked like my dad as a little kid. And so I named him Frank. And so Frank and I, we hung out all the time. But it wasn't like one of those cabbage patches where they come with the little birth certificate and all that stuff. My parents had a limit. I don't know what it was, and I ain't mad at them now, but they had a limit as to how far they were willing to go. And apparently the pumpkin patch and Frank, that was as far as they were going on that particular one. Again, whether it's gifting or scheduling or saving, it's easy to get overwhelmed. And so one of the things that I find And the gift-giving part can be hard because Murphy's Law is if there's a special gift that a kid wants, they don't tell you until right before whatever the holiday is. And whether we're talking about Christmas, Hanukkah, Thanksgiving, planning ahead makes a big difference. Thinking through, even from a budgetary standpoint of what am I willing to spend, able to spend, what are my priorities, that's a big part of it. But it's also... John, about setting boundaries, both financially and otherwise. Right. And I think there's usually just that one person that sets those boundaries. And if you're that person, it's okay to say no. I don't know if you need to hear that. If somebody listening needs to hear that, it's okay to say no. People are not going to be upset for very long. It's not going to change the way they think about you in the future. There are going to be things that you can and can't do always. And as long as you're setting reasonable limits and you know what those limits are, and that can be a limit with money, but it can also be a limit with time. I mean, we are only one person. We only have so many people in our family and there are only so many events, parties, dinners, charity, work, friends. There are only so many things that we can do and schedule our time and stay sane and keep everybody relatively rested and relaxed during and leading up to the holidays. So It's okay to say no. It usually works out better when you've had some time to kind of talk through things. So leaving everything for the last minute and then saying no can sometimes be more stressful and more anxiety creating, anger inducing it, whatever you want to call it, than 
having those conversations ahead of time, but it's okay. That comes with setting boundaries with your family, with your children, with yourselves. We all need to make sure that we corral some time for ourselves in there as well, just to keep us mentally refreshed and able to have as much fun as possible when we do attend the events we decide to go to. Yeah, I think that's a big deal, right? Is understanding to thine own self be true and understanding what it is that, you know, everybody has a threshold after which it's just not fun anymore. And so whether we're talking about the gifts that you're going to give to people or the time that you're going to spend, you want to be able to do it from a good place. And the only real way to do that, in my opinion, is to have boundaries. And a big part of that, I think, John, in families is to communicate. You mentioned one person typically has to be the heavy, maybe, with regards to the budget. The same can be true for the time that we're going to spend, whether that is, like you said, lots of different community-type events or having different families. Now, my favorite Christmas movie is Four Christmases. And if there was ever a great example of kind of the different ways and, and kind of some of all the different things that can go on during Christmas, I don't know if you've seen that movie, John, but it starts, the couple with no kids is sneaking out, pretending like they have are going on a mission trip or some variation of that, I think. And they're sneaking away to be away from all of their family at Christmas time. And a big part of it, they go through and they see all the different families. And at one point, I think there's even a safe word. Do you know what the safe word was? Have you seen the movie? I have. It has made it into our regular Christmas rotation. The safe word is mistletoe. That's right. They tried to escape. They're having to go to all these different versions of holidays with blended families. And part of their communication pattern is having a word where it's time to go. So they have mistletoe as their safe word. But you see in that movie, John, everything from just all the oddities that can go on with families. But one of the situations in the movie where I think that we can get tripped up is in the gifting. In one of the families, they had a gift limit. And of course, Uncle Brad, aka Orlando, he ends up dramatically going over the family gift limit because he's thinking he's going to be in Fiji. So, you know, next thing you know, I think he bought the dad a satellite or the granddad and his nephews like video games and, and of course showing up their parents and all those kinds of things. You know, there are so many nuances and I think that movie's a good example of a lot of those, but you see all kinds of family issues that can kind of go on with a lot of that stuff, John. Dad, it's not a satellite. It's a satellite dish. Exactly. Is one of the lines from that movie. But, you know, that one's made it into the regular rotation. It's good enough. I know people aren't tuning in for movie recommendations, but it's on there. If you haven't given it a shot, give it a shot. There's so much to unpack in that movie. We all just need to be mindful of the gift giving and the activity of giving of yourselves as well as things. And ideas can mean different things to different people. So I guess when you are gifting in general, I mean, the best thing to do, and this comes with planning ahead is to start a list you know, who exactly are we buying gifts for? The regular list could include teachers, pastors, friends, family. I mean, make a list, make sure you're staying on topic. And then sometimes if you're looking to save a little bit of money, and if you're a crafty person, which I am not, you can sometimes make things, which is a little bit less expensive most of the time than to buy it. What my dad would do is make a bread. It's kind of a German bread, I think called stolen. 
and it has pieces of dried fruit in it. It's a yeasted bread and he would make it. And then you put icing on top and he would pass those out to people. And, you know, if you think about yeast and flour and water, I mean, you're spending, you know, maybe two to $3 of ingredients per loaf. And then you have something to present to other people that they couldn't do themselves. And so that's what he would do. I can do that. He did teach me how to make bread so I could actually do that. But the rest of it, I'm not a very crafty person. What about you, Chip? You know, I can be crafty. My 12 months as a sixth grade teacher in a background in elementary education gave me a little bit of a creative bent. What I have found, though, is if you involve your children, if you have them in the making of things, it doesn't even have to be good. People will like it no matter what, or, or they certainly won't tell you if they don't like it. Some handprint turkeys or something like that for Thanksgiving. There are a lot of ways, again, a lot of this stuff is just recognizing people and, and them feeling special. But I'm a big fan of lists. You know, in my family, we do Amazon wish lists. So it's not at all uncommon for me just to get links to things. Frankly, it makes it easy. I mean, my mom requests gifts by a certain date. You know, if you want something in particular, let me know by December the 4th, you know, or whatever it is. And so, you know, again, a little bit of organization kind of can go a long way because the gift giving and the financial stuff, John, as it pertains to the holidays, isn't the only thing that a lot of people have going on. Holidays can also be, in addition to the financial stress, there can be a lot of emotional tie-ups around the holidays. And so that's one of the things that by being a little more organized with what I'll call the hard stuff, I mean the physical things, the gifting and the time, it leaves you a little bit of capacity for those soft issues that come up. Right. I definitely agree with that. I was talking about earlier, does everything that you're talking about fit within the budget? And talked about making sacrifices. One of the sacrifices we don't make in putting some of these things together is taking on debt in order to pay for some of these things. It just hasn't been something that for us has made sense or paid off in the end, just because most of the stuff we're buying for Turner is, you know, has a shelf life and is not a long-term investment. And usually if you're going to put money on a credit card or do something like that, you need to make sure it's worth the interest that you're paying on it. And so when you're asking yourself those questions, and you're dealing with issues around paying with what you have now or borrowing money to get it done, those are the kinds of things you're going to obviously have to talk about the sacrifices you're going to have to make, not only to pay off the money that you borrow, but also the interest on that money over time and come up with a plan to pay it off in a reasonable amount of time so that the interest expense doesn't become too much. But I like your ideas about making gifts with children. That's something that we probably haven't done enough of, to be honest with you. That's a great idea for me put Turner to work and we can do something together. You know, we'll have a good time doing it. Yeah, people like it. Take some pictures so you can say you did it. I mean, I look back. <laughs> I mean, my mom has pictures of me as a little tiny guy. We used to make cakes. I don't know if we made more than two because that's the only two that are in the picture. But I've got like <laughs> red icing on my face as probably a four-year-old. So take some pictures of it. It's hard because you talk about taking pictures. You know, one of the things that the holidays brings up for a lot of people is folks who aren't there. So there are a lot of memories that kind of tend to crop up around the holidays. And so one of the unintended, I don't know that we can call it a gifts that a lot of people get around the holidays is grief, uh, dealing with folks who aren't there anymore for one reason or another, whether that's they passed away or 
these days, if there's been a breakup in the family or with a partner, it can be tough. And so I think one of the things that, John, when I look at kind of that softer side of things during the holidays, is there a handful of things that you can do just to protect yourself or to kind of steal yourself emotionally? And one of the first ones is protect yourself from potentially stressful events. I mean, there's some things that whether it's for a year or forever, you just don't do anymore. It's okay to create new traditions. Allow time for yourself to breathe and to do whatever it is that you want to do. And then kind of the third thing is, as far as things that I think that folks can do, is allow other people to help. So if this is a time for you that is difficult for one reason or another, let other people help you. Let that be a gift to you. John, what are some things that you can think of as far as maybe things that folks don't want to do? If we're talking about grief and holidays, the most recent one to me, the biggest was my dad's birthday was November 17th, and he passed away on the 23rd of November, six days later, and then Thanksgiving that year was on the 26th. I have no recollection of that holiday at all whatsoever. I couldn't tell you what we did, what we didn't do. I don't know if we got together. I don't know anything at all about that holiday. And to me, what that tells me is if you're struggling with something that has happened recently and you're without people that you care about for the first time, don't keep your feelings bottled up. Don't promise to do more than you usually would. Don't overdo the holiday in order to help people forget about what just happened because I mean, in my own experience, I don't know that I would have remembered it or noticed it anyway. And so it may just be a lot of extra work that you're doing, causing yourself a lot of extra stress to get it all done where it's okay to say, well, maybe this holiday doesn't mean what it usually means because of this loss or this event. And that's okay. And people are not going to judge you or, or anything if things aren't what they were before. But if you know of somebody who's grieving in that way and they're having trouble organizing an event, invite them out to a group event of your own. You can take things to them. You can spend time with them. Just help them out wherever you can, I guess, would be something that I would do is, is just try to figure out how they need help and try to provide it. But also just don't go out of your way, I guess. I think that you touched on something that for me, being a blended family, Trish and I have had to continually evaluate what's normal. And that's okay. It is to figure out as your life changes, you may have some things, I mean, uh, with the exception of COVID, where there was a potential exposure, thankfully, nobody in my family had it. But right before Christmas, we had somebody who had come into contact. So the first time in 46 years, I wasn't at my mom's on Christmas Eve. You know, that was something that we had always done. And there may be some things that are tradition. There are a lot of things that you can reevaluate, kind of look at what normal is. And you may choose to do something different because your circumstances have changed. And it's okay too, John. I remember when I went through a divorce, the first Christmas that I wasn't with my boys on Christmas morning, and completely selfishly, admittedly, I dressed up as Santa and went to the hospice house and gave out candy canes and just something to take my mind off of it. And, and while it seemed to mean something to the folks who were receiving, it meant a lot more to me 
than it did to them in terms of being able to occupy myself and, and take a situation that might be sad and to try to find a way to make some good out of it. So I, I think that constantly evaluating is that old what got you here won't get you there or won't necessarily, you know, taking a look at the way that you do and your holiday routine, whether or not it still serves you kind of as times change. Right. You know, it's important to have a plan A and a plan B for handling parties and events. Plan A would be to attend the event as scheduled and plan B is to do something else. And it's okay to choose plan B. If you have said you're going to do something, it's okay to change your mind. I don't know if anybody's ever told you that before, Chip, but it's okay to change your mind and nobody's going to think twice about it. So if you're not feeling up to it and don't want to go, then don't go. It's not going to be an enjoyable experience for you to force yourself to have to do something. So if you need anybody to give you permission to skip an event, you heard it here first, go ahead and say no and choose plan B and figure out what it is that makes you happy and do that. Yeah. One of the things I learned a long time ago was make sure you drive. Plan B is you go. And if at any point you feel like it's time for you to go as if you driven or in these days with Uber and things like that, go home. It is not hard to find a driver these days. It is not. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that I guess what we're saying, John, is we're trying to give ourselves and others permission to do what we need to do to take care of ourselves. Holidays are supposed to be enjoyable. And so whether we're talking about how you shop or how you spend your time or how you grieve, it's a lot like financial planning, John. It's very unique. The circumstances for everybody are different, and it's completely okay to go off what you thought the script should be. It's completely okay to do that. Now, John, we put together a few strategies and tips to kind of help folks as they're going into the holiday season. What are some of the things that you find particularly helpful in terms of getting through the next month or two? Well, you mentioned it first. And so to me, the thing that has made my life the easiest and something that my mother has not figured out, mom, if you're listening to this, start shopping online. For me, it's less people. Less people means less stress. Less time on the road means less stress. If I can do it from the comfort of my own home, it's less stress. I mean, the only thing you're going to be stressed out about if you shop online is if you're trying to do it in a place where you don't have a great internet connection. So go somewhere where there's Wi-Fi sit down in the comfy chair, bring out that list of things that you've made to purchase and start checking it out on different places like Amazon or whatever your favorite shopping place is and do that. To me, that saved more headaches than I can count. Yeah. And one of the things that it's important to know is I mentioned Amazon wishlist earlier, you can shop locally online as well. So it doesn't have to be big retailer. Plenty of local places these days have the ability to shop online. And in a lot of cases, they'll bring it to you. So there are a lot of options kind of in that regard. The other thing, in addition to spotty internet, you got to be mindful of John's delivery times. Be mindful that whether it's you're ordering early or you're checking the boxes for expedited shipping, you know, we all know the mail can get kind of sketchy that time of year. And I will say in terms of shopping online, again, big game changer for my family having had now my kids are a little older but having had christmases where folks ended up not getting the optimus prime that they wanted or they <laughs> you know they got frank from the pumpkin patch 
a big help is sending people actual internet links to the things that you want. There's no mistaking these days. And that's easier, in my opinion, in a lot of cases for both the buyer and the recipient, because ultimately people just want to give you what it is that you want. One of the other things, John, that we've talked about, we joked earlier about kind of the four Christmases and all the different events, but one of the events you know, the brothers get to wrestling and things like that in no small part due to the fact they may have been overserved. And so one of the things that it's important to be mindful of when going to holiday parties and family occasions, particularly if you have some stress going on, is just to choose your drinks wisely and to be mindful of the fact that one too many can turn a fun situation into a not fun situation, particularly, again, where stress, yours or somebody else's, is involved. That's right. And I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but one of the things that tells me it is Christmas time is eggnog. And my dad passed down an eggnog recipe that his father passed down to him. I have no idea where it started. It could have found it in a cookbook somewhere. I have no idea. But anyway, I used to, in my more youthful, higher metabolism days, used to make eggnog every Christmas and drink that. and. Now that everything that I put into my body goes straight into places where I don't want it to stay, I've been making it a lot less. But also, you know, I've realized that alcohol for me is maybe just a coping mechanism of trying to do something that I don't want to do. And so it all goes back to that just say no type of thing where if I don't want to do something, I just don't do it rather than feeling like I can do it, but maybe I have to drink in order to have a good time anyway. It doesn't happen all the time, but I'm just saying choose your drinks wisely, like you said, can also help. And this also goes into the health and wellness portion of the holidays. Maybe if you can have a drink and not have it be 4,000 calories per glass, maybe that's a good thing also. And it'll require you to walk off less of the calories that you take in each day, because this is a time of year where some people's stress coping mechanism can be to eat more often. and we all tend to gain weight during the holidays. And so remembering to take some time and exercise, just walk around the block, take the dog for a walk, go on a walk with a friend, your wife, your spouse, whatever, work off some stress and burn some calories at the same time. Yeah, I think that being in motion is often helpful to a lot of people. And so whether that motion is getting out, taking a walk, going to the gym, or having an accountability buddy at the event to help you with the Irish goodbye. (laughs) And sometimes your exercise is just getting out of places when the time is right. And and so there are a lot of things that really go in. John, I got a Fitbit recently, and I had an Apple Watch, but I didn't really like it because my watch was vibrating with my text messages all the time, and I really wanted to get away from that. But I have found if you need something, not to suggest that you need to get out, John, and walk, but it has been noticeable for me just watching the differences in the steps. And it can be particularly, you know, this is a time where the food's so good. You know, around Thanksgiving and Christmas, the food's so good. We always have the, I'll lose weight after Christmas or wait till my New Year's resolution. We'll do many episodes probably in a couple months on resolutions and things like that. But it's just a time to make smart choices in all areas of our life, how we spend, where we spend our time, what we take in. And I think, John, that 
for a lot of people, the holidays are a really happy time. And, and so we've got a lot over the next couple months to look forward to. And I think our biggest takeaway, at least for me, is just to plan ahead and to plan accordingly and then work the plan. Yeah, I'm going to plan ahead to watch all of the holiday movies on my list, which usually starts with White Christmas. There's Bad Santa. There's Four Christmases. There's Love Actually. I mean, there's probably 10 or 15 movies on that list. You got to include Elf, bro. Uh, yeah, we could probably do a show on Christmas movies at some point and talk about those and kind of work it into the bit. But, you know, sitting down with family around the old boob tube and watching some television, drinking some hot chocolate, just kind of sitting and talking and laughing together. It's a stress healer for me. And I think everybody enjoys it too. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Do you know the four food groups? <laughs> yeah, I do know the four food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corn, and syrup. As long as you have the syrup in there, you're good to go. You got to do it. I hope for him. I, I don't recall from the movie, but that's from Elf. I hope he doesn't eat all four at the same time. That, that seems like a bit of a mess. But John, one of the things that we want to wish everybody a stress-free holiday season, or at least a less stressful one. And, and for most people, that includes planning ahead, talking about life changes with the people that you care about, and really maybe changing some of the ways that you've done things in the past. You know, financial planning works the same way, and we want to help take the stress out of retirement spending, retirement planning for people. So if you're listening and that's you, please reach out to either John, myself, or one of our local Signature Wealth Advisors. We're here to help both before, during, and after the holidays. John, it's been a pleasure, man. Likewise, sir, and I look forward to many more episodes. Me too. Ho, ho, ho. There we have it. Another great episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, here are four ways that we can help. First, complete the Retirement Success Scorecard to discover whether or not you're on track to a successful retirement on your terms. You can find this at signaturewealth.com scorecard. Second, get a complimentary copy of my book, The Retirement Remix. Whether you're interested in real life retirement stories and inspiration from others like you, or you want to learn more about Medicare and Social Security, it's all in there. Go to theretirementremix.com to grab your copy. Third, listen in on bi-weekly office hours with our team. We host live virtual office hours to share new investment and planning information and answer your money, markets, and retirement questions. Find the details to join us at signaturewealth.com slash office hours. And fourth, schedule a complimentary strategy call with one of our advisors to make sure you're on track toward your ideal retirement. Go to signaturewealth.com and select the Signature Wealth office closest to you. We'll be back here next week for more on the Retirement Remix. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode.